I cannot wait to tell you about my new X chair. I have never had an office chair that looks or feels so amazing in my entire career. Honestly, it is so comfortable. I could sit for hours and never feel uncomfortable. So what's the secret? Well, it's not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers incredible lumbar support to my lower back, but now thanks to their new XHMT technology, I can also get heat and massage therapy while I'm sitting at my desk. It's incredible. So instead of my old, uncomfortable office chair, now I actually look forward to spending hours sitting in the ultimate therapeutic massager. The XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to my core. It helps increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. All perks that make working from home or the office absolutely amazing. I'm doing all that and getting all that while I'm working. You will not believe the X-Chair difference until you feel the X-Chair difference for yourself. Trust me, this is the luxury sports car of office chairs. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. What you need to do is go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, rome.com or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairrome.com right now and use code XWHEELS for free X-Wheel blade casters. xchairrome.com. Now that's a great thing for the Packers. That's not so good for Aaron Rodgers. You know, like, if he's sitting there saying probably like, okay, I was just the best player in the league while keeping the seat warm for someone else. What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Like, what am I here for? And he may want to accelerate the calendar until now. Hey now, what's going on? Welcome to episode 173 of the Jim Rome Podcast. It is great to be back and Great to have Andrew Brandt as my guest this week. He's currently the executive director for Sports Law at Villanova. He is a great podcast host. He's a Sports Illustrated author. And, of course, he spent a great deal of time in the Green Bay Packers front office and was an agent to boot. He has seen every side of the business. And he was in Green Bay when they drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre. So he has some amazing insight on the Rodgers-Jordan Love scenario right now and that rift that it's causing in Green Bay. But who is the rift with really? What is Aaron Rodgers really upset about? We get into all of this in a conversation that is fascinating. It's a great look behind closed doors from an authority on the subject. So if you love football and you love front office drama, you are going to love this episode. Let's get right at it. Episode 173 with Andrew Brandt starts right now. So, Andrew, it's been a minute or two since you and I have had a chance to get caught up, and you have become a media maven in the meantime. Thank you very much for making time for it. So, how are things? How are you? Doing well. Really enjoying, uh, you know, post-Packer life and doing media and academia and being with my kids and doing all my fitness activities. 
That's tremendous. That's awesome. All right, so before we jump into the current situation between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you were obviously there when Brett Favre was the starter and Aaron backed him up. I mean, obviously one of the more complicated, intense scenarios ever. What were those years like both in the locker room and as and for you as a VP of the team? Yeah, Jim, you go back to the draft, and two things happened that night. Number one, all the players we had rated as first-round grades, except one, were way off the board by the time we picked. Number two, that player that was still remaining, Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, the last position we needed, was not being taken, even by teams that promised them they would take him. So we had a decision to make, and obviously it was a tough one because we didn't need or want a quarterback, but our scouting department looked at me and said, Andrew, what do we always say? Trust the board, and we trusted the board and took the best player. An immediate negative reaction from Brett Favre, from his agent, from our fans, the Lambeau Field draft party below us shook our souls with the booing, and we just went ahead. But In response to your question more specifically, the next three years, think about this, three years I'm dealing with the backlash of that pick, which is really every week or so, Brett's side calling and saying, Andrew, you know what it's like to come into work every day and sit with your replacement? That's no fun. And then Aaron's side saying, is he ever going to play? I mean, is Brett ever, he's not going to retire. Brett, is he ever going to play? And then you just try to be calm and you try to be tactful. You don't have the answers, but you kind of muddle through this because you're preparing for the future, but you're holding on to the present and you're trying to figure out when that transfer of power becomes realistic and appropriate. It's not easy. That, that whole thing is wild. It, it's really wild to me, and especially the way you lay out that point that nobody liked it. In fact, quote, everybody hated the draft pick at that time. So then you're all of a sudden, as you mentioned, those three years, Andrew, were very difficult. What about at that time? And we'll get to the present time in a moment, but what about the yeah. dynamic and the tension between Aaron and Brett? What was it like at that time? Well, now we put him in the room, and <laughs> you've got California Cool, who, uh, you know, we loved right away. His, I'm talking about Aaron, his easy sense of humor, wry sense of humor, his uh, just leadership skills, and just sort of calm and collected off the charts. And then you have country Mississippi, who's just making cracks all day to everyone, and southern Mississippi and California cool in that room. Now that's oil and water, so that's not easy. I think one of those years I brought in Doug Peterson, to kind of be the go-between, <laughs> you know, he's Doug was always a good guy to have around, um, and we brought him back year after year just to play backup for us because all the other backup quarterbacks wouldn't come to Green Bay because they, they knew they'd never play. Wow! So uh, it was tough. You know, one thing I'm proud of Jim over those three years, I think, and I know that the relationship between the two of them got better. It definitely got better. They began to understand each other. The calls about, hey, what are we doing here, became less and less. They kind of got it. But then, as everyone knows, Brett retired. And I think he retired because he didn't get the same love he got every year about, you know, can you come back? Will you come back? Please come back. And then, of course, six months later, the itch came and he wanted to play again. And he think as a Hall of Famer, he thought his helmet should be given to him in the starting role. And I remember that fateful day when Mike McCarthy told him those three words that I'll never forget. He said, Brett, 
we've moved on. And imagine a Hall of Fame player hearing that. So then it became the trade and everything that happened since, and, and time healed those wounds. But, yeah, I mean, before we get to the present, as you mentioned, the past was not easy. Amazing. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Of course. This time, though, don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire, and it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? So that brings us, Andrew, to the current day. You know, I'm really curious. Knowing, not even knowing what you know, but knowing what you lived through, what went through your mind when you saw the Packers draft Jordan Love? couple things. First of all, the Packer fans, and I say this in a good way, I'm not being detrimental, are the most spoiled fans in the history of the sport because they've had 30 years of franchise quarterback play. And my initial thought was, okay, here's the goal. The goal is to get to 45 years of franchise quarterback play, and the third 15 years will be Jordan Love. That's the goal, and that's what they're trying to do. My second thought was, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. they've got to manage this the way that we managed 15 years ago. They've got to manage this. Now, Aaron, spinning to the present, was a good soldier, at least publicly, for a year. We never heard anything. We ne- You know, a little bit, I uh, thought we'd take an offensive play, whatever. But he was fine. And it just seemed to me, I'm thinking all year, like, wow, they're lucky, you know. We heard from Brett within seconds of making the love pick. And now they're, you know, being lucky. But something's changed. And I haven't talked to Aaron. I don't know how much of this is about Jordan Love, but obviously some of it is the same. Do you want to be coming to work every day, sitting with your replacement? And when they made that pick last year, I said, oh, my God, for the first time in my life, I'm realizing there's an expiration date on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because I tell people this all the time. They don't believe me. Like they think that, Oh, we're going to flip Jordan love or he's, he's going to be, I'm like, no, no, Jordan love is going to play first round quarterbacks play. Hell Johnny Manziel even played. They play. (laughs) So it's not a question of backing up for four years. He's going to play. My sense is getting to the meat of the issue the Packers probably wanted to move on or want to move on to love in a year. And they want their MVP to continue to play at that level, get them to a Super Bowl if he can this year, and then they'll make the transfer. Now, that's a great thing for the Packers, but that's not so good for Aaron Rodgers. You know, like, if he's sitting there saying probably like, okay, I was just the best player in the league while keeping the seat warm for someone else, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Like, what am I here for? And he may want to accelerate the calendar until now or go the other way. Have him make a commitment beyond next year. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's three years. But then what do you do with love? So this is a conundrum the Packers have found themselves in. 
Wow. I mean, it's fascinating to hear you lay it out like that. So if you could somehow step back, I mean, and you can, yeah. you can, right? Because you're no longer in that front office and yeah. now you're an analyst and you're involved in a number of different things. I mean, you, I bet if I were to say to you, Andrew, argue both sides of that, you could argue both sides of that probably pretty equally, but what side is right? Is it unreasonable to think that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, do they owe him more than one more year, regardless of what the contract says, because of who he is, how well he's playing and what he's meant to that franchise do they owe him more than that i don't think they do but i think there has to be adjustments i don't think you can say to the mvp okay give us that again and then we'll let you go somewhere and when i say adjustments i guess the only thing i you know the, the thing that comes to mind immediately is financial uh you know whatever he's making you got to throw more money in there now do they want to throw an extension in there? No, because he's got three years left. He's not going to be there three years. Do they want to push out cap money? No, because he's not going to be there, so you don't want dead cap money. So I have always thought, you just throw money on 2021. Just throw it on. No strings attached. Money. And now people say, well, you know, they got cap issues. Forget cap issues. You know, I managed a cap for 10 years. You can always get around cap issues. So, yes. You have to make them financial. The worry that I have about all this, Jim, is the worry that insiders like me really have about this situation, that it's not about money, that there is something deeper, a chasm between the organization and Aaron and Aaron's agents, people, managers, that is is really tough. And... Everyone's asked me for the past two weeks, what would you do? And I, I would do exactly what I think they've done, which is go get in front of them in L.A. and sit and hash it out. Close the doors, lock the bathrooms. What's the problem? Can we fix it? But it sounds to me like reports, and I don't know. I'm not there. The reports are they've been doing that. They've had that. Yet here we are. So that's concerning. If it's about money, yeah, they can fix that. But you can't get to money until you have the other issues resolved, in my mind. So let's be real for a minute. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. And more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Let's talk about Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You do not have to leave your home. And low-cost treatments starting at just 10 bucks a month and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps also has more five-star reviews than any of the competition. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so you want to start right now. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Rome to get your first month of treatment for free. keeps.com slash Rome and get your first month free. That's keeps.com slash Rome. 
I agree, right? If it's about money, you throw money at the problem and you fix the problem. That's what money does. But if it's not about money and it's about a chasm, like you talk about, what is the chasm exactly? What do you think? How do they get off track with him so badly that it might be beyond repair? You see reports about personnel issues and some of the players he was close to were cut and some were cut right after he talked them up. I mean, I think that's more of a personal thing than a personnel thing, if you understand. I think it's just something that's part of it. I think a big part of it is what I indicated earlier. He's not down with the timeline. I really think the timeline is, okay, we could keep Love three more years like we did with Aaron, but we think about two years is the right amount of time. So what we're going to do is have him play another year, this MVP, and then we'll move on to love, and the cap hits much lower, and he'll, we'll still get a couple number one picks out of it. And if I'm Aaron, again, you talk, talk about arguing both sides. I see that from the Packers' side. But I see from Aaron's side, like, what do we, like again, what I said, what are we doing here? Like, you want me to get you to a Super Bowl while keeping the seat warm for this kid who never even suited up last year. And Aaron's like, no, like, let's just do this now, whether it's Denver, whatever, let's do it now. I'm, I'm sensing that's what this is about. Like, why am I sitting here a placeholder for a year when I could be adding real value somewhere else where they're going to keep me, where they're going to keep me? Everyone says they're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. They are going to trade Aaron Rodgers. They are. The only question is when. And now, I, like everyone else, I don't think they will this year if they can help themselves, but I think they want to next year. And I think that's really eating his craw right now. Like, he's looking at his agents, he's looking at the Packers, he's looking at his friends. Like, what am I doing here? Like, what? This is not, this is not a realistic situation to be a placeholder for this kid. I personally, and again, I'm on the outside looking in, and who am I to say, but I, I totally see his point of view. Man, if I had an MVP season, and I I came back after the MVP season, and I was thinking to myself, all right, so what are you going to do now to make me feel better about a situation that I do not feel better about? And they say, at least initially, you know, pretty much nothing or something nominal <laughs> or not a lot. Yeah, I'd feel the same way. And then all of a sudden, when he when it gets out there that he he means business. This is Aaron Rodgers. He's not bluffing he's really unhappy you know what maybe he will shut it down and these guys are like oh great all right you know what maybe he's not playing let's get on an airplane let's fix it and then it's not getting fixed yeah which brings me to the next thing andrew so like you always hear i grew up in a a family that owned a small business and every night at dinner my dad would say business is business business is business yeah you get that hammered into your head right even in your business any business business is business it's not personal yeah i don't know this feels pretty personal to me and you referenced that when you said it might be personal as opposed to personnel so is this just business or did this get personal it's a great question, and having been on both sides of this this aisle for the bulk of my career, I was an agent for 10 years, I worked for a team for 10 years, it's always personal. Right, <laughs> of course. And, 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 yeah, it always is. And listen, I know the people there, and I don't want to talk negative about them because I admire them. But here's what I, you know, what I wrote and what I've said in my podcasts and videos 
I don't sense that Aaron has a point person in that front office he trusts. You know, when I was there, and again, I know this is patting us on the back of an earlier age. I agree. I get that. But Aaron would come up and sit, you know, come in and practice, take a load off, chat it up. Brett would come up, take a load off, sit in an office, sit in Ron Wolf's office, sit in my office, sit in Reggie McKenzie's office, John Schneider's office. I don't think Aaron does that. I don't think Aaron and his people feel that it's there for them. And there's a coolness, a coldness that he feels. My sense is that. And listen, the Packers have always had, in my mind, elite, truly elite personnel evaluators. They have found players as well as any team in the league. In low-round players and draft, even free agents that weren't chased very hard early on. But I'm not sure about the personal side. Because sometimes scouts, you know, we had a general manager named Ted Thompson, elite, elite talent evaluator, but deficient in some communication skills. And he would admit that. And I think, you know, you have some of that there. You have elite talent evaluators that may lack in some communication, and they're trying to fix it now, it may be too late with Aaron. We'll see. Hey, you want to hear something absolutely amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you consider all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So, when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. I can remember, Andrew, for a long time in my career... I had somebody that was my direct boss, and he negotiated every direct contract I had. And we had, you know, as far as an employer-employee relationship, as good as you could possibly have. Like, I wouldn't go as far as to say we were best friends, but we it seemed like we were pretty good friends. I really, yeah. really liked and admired this guy. He left, and the guy who came in had no tie to me or my contract or my background and really, frankly, didn't even know that much about sports. It went horribly. So I think yeah. the really, right, there's something to this. I think it matters. Now, if, if they are really elite evaluators of talent, you have to have that. You're not going to have success without that. But how much of the business today is about it being a relationship business? Yeah, I mean, listen, I was an agent many years, and I was a team negotiator, and, you know, players always ask me about this agent, that agent, still do, you know, and they all come in with their fancy presentations and everything like that, and ultimately, every player says the same thing, why he picked this agent over that agent, and it's, oh, gut, gut feel, comfort level. I could talk to them about more than football. It's always that. It's always that. And, and I think, this, you know, Jim, I had some players at the Packers that would come to me and say, listen, you're a cool guy. Uh, I'm just not going to use an agent. I'm just not going to use an agent. And we negotiated deals. And that's tough because these are raw negotiations. And I had to tell some players, you know, they think I'm as good as that guy. I should get more than that guy. And I have to go, and well, you know, we have a quarterback making top of the market. We have this, that. And that was hard. 
but you get through it because you have the bonds going into it. Um, and that's why I developed a relationship with agents so good. I think this is another, you mentioned, we keep talking about agents, the Packers relationship with his agents. He's got agents at Athletes First. He's got agents at CAA. That is really important. I don't know where that stands, but if they're going to get through this, those relationships are going to be key. Well, I think that's so important, and that's—I don't want to say that's how deals get done, but it certainly can help in how a deal gets done or does not get done. So, Andrew, what do you make of the interview that Devontae Adams did earlier this week, where he went on Fox Sports Radio and said, "If Aaron's not there, that could impact his decision on whether or not he resigns with the team or not." You know, it seems to me, and again, you were an agent and you were an executive, so you know why guys sign where they sign, right? A lot of times, it's money. It's playing time. It's whether or not there's state taxes. It's what the climate is like. What's the town like? Can we win? You know, in, in whatever order you want it to be. How did you interpret what Devontae said, and how concerned should the Packers be about what Devontae said? Yeah, I didn't know Devontae's contract was up after this year. Obviously, it's going to make a difference. I mean, I understand that. Uh, and, you know, you want to play with the best. These players that are signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, they're not going to do it for Blaine Gabbard. Let's be real. So they're going to do it for Tom Brady. And this is a little bit of NBAization of the NFL. Now, it's very rare, but I think you do have that. You know, Devontae Adams is going to be a different player, let's be real, with a lesser quarterback. Um, but I think that, that dovetails to something else that was out there, Jim, that really I didn't understand. So many reports, right? But there was reports that, hey, Aaron Rodgers was telling potential free agents he may not be here in 2021. And I'm like, really? Because David Bakhtiari uh, and Aaron Jones have signed where they could have signed anywhere. You know, they could have signed anywhere. So they talked to Aaron Rodgers, you know, a lot more than free agents from other teams. So I don't know. I mean, listen, the fact that you know, a top five running back and a top two left tackle re-sign with the Packers. And Kenny Clark, a top one or two defensive tackle, you know, I think that shows something. I don't think they, nothing against them, but I don't think they signed to play with Jordan Love. You know, I was going to ask you about that very thing, that Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones did both re-sign with the team. I mean, would they have done so if they thought that there was a, like, 50-50 chance that Aaron wouldn't be back, in your opinion? I don't think so. I mean, again, I don't know Aaron Jones if he's if he's texting Aaron Rodgers, but I would think Bakhtiari, that long relationship they have, yep. and especially, you know, the on-field relationship as well as off-field, I think that would be something to know. I mean, that's a guy that hits free agency, is making more than he signed for in Green Bay, no question, even with the injury. Uh, Kenny Clark, the defensive tackle, same thing. So, again... You never know what conversations went on. Uh, but another part of this, Jim, is that former players that played with Aaron were there when I was there, uh, have come on and said, yeah, it's not that, you know, he didn't want some things changed, but it's not grim, it's not dramatic. I'm thinking about John Kuhn and James Jones and A.J. Hawk, who've had comments after talking to him that, you know, maybe doesn't appear as dire as some other reports. 
When you call a Dell Technologies advisor, you are talking to somebody who is not waiting for their turn to speak. No, they actually want to hear what you have to say. They're focused on you, ready to give advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and offer tailored solutions powered by Intel vPro platform to keep your small business ready for what's next. Our advisors listen so you know your small business needs have been heard. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. I mean, I understand that there have been some amazing quarterbacks, Andrew, that did not finish their careers where they started. I mean, Aaron has said he wants to. He was on record as saying, I would like to do that. I've been through that town. I know how they treat their players. I just, I really hope that that does not end badly. I hope that they can somehow figure that out. He certainly does deserve that. And, you know, time will tell. We'll see. One of my big takeaways from this conversation is what you said, though, that when the team says, we will not trade him, they will, in fact, trade him, right? If not now, then later, if they can't rectify this and they can't reconcile, there's no doubt in your mind they will move him if they have to? Well, before we get to the if they have to, they, I, I reiterate what I say about taking a first-round quarterback. Right. You know, you're, you're making a decision right then and there, as Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur did on that night one year ago. This guy's going to play. He's not going to sit around backing up Aaron Rodgers. That's just not what you do with a number one pick. And now we waited three years. No one's waited anywhere near that time. I think Mahomes sat a year. Everyone else in the first round has played. And Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to play from day one, and I would think Justin Fields and Mac Jones are going to play pretty soon after that. So, And Trey Lance. So I just think you know, Jordan Love has obviously waited a year. They probably want him to wait two, and at the latest, three, so Aaron would get two more years, but I'm sensing they want him in there next year. And, you know, they let the back quarterback Boyle go, and now Jordan would would suit up every game this year and really prep. Now Aaron's put him in a tough position because they're not going to be good with Jordan Love if they have to go to him this year because he's not ready. He'd be more ready next year, but Aaron's put them in this position. Um, you know, everyone's asked me what I think. I think, you know, before this news came out, you know, 100% Aaron will be back. I guess my thought is I'm still at 75 to 80%. Hmm. I am. Because at the end of the day, when you say business is business, the team does hold the cards. I mean, even with Aaron Rodgers, you can't trade yourself. You know, people thought uh, Deshaun Watson be traded before his issues. People thought Russell Wilson be traded. You can't trade yourself. And we can get into all the talk about retirement and what happens and all that. But at the end of the day, if the Packers don't trade him, he's not traded. Can't trade yourself. All right, so it's a great point. You cannot trade yourself. But really quickly, to that other point, that's the one hammer he has, right? Retirement. Do you think there's any way that he would retire instead of going back and playing for Green Bay? Well, there's talk about Dave, who I know really well. Dave Dunn, his agent, represented Carson Palmer. They played that game. He didn't want to play in Cincinnati, but got a great trade out of it. You know, you can't discount that 100% that it would happen. But even with all this, I know Green Bay loves Aaron Rodgers and Wisconsin and Packer Nation. I just don't know if he wants to go through that with, with the fan base. You know, this is not a team that's a fan base that's ever turned on Aaron. Um, maybe at the beginning, 
because they wanted Brett. But um, I think that would be in mind before he would do something like that. Again, you can never say never because Dave Dunn's done it successfully before. But ultimately, as you say, Jim, that may be his only recourse to not, to get what he wants from the Packers. But we're all back to where we started. What does he want from the Packers? Because if it's money, they can do that. But I just wonder how much more is it? All right, so what an amazing conversation this has been. How about one more thing on the way out the door? And I really appreciate your time, Andrew, very much. You mentioned sure. the other quarterbacks. So when the Niners took that massive swing and they moved up from the 12th pick to the third pick, there were all of these reports that they had no idea who they were going to select with that pick, only that they had good options and they'd be just fine regardless because of Kyle Shanahan. Maybe so. But do you really buy that they had no idea? Like, would they really have given up what they gave up and taken that big of a swing without having a specific player in mind? I don't buy it for a second. I think they knew exactly what they wanted, and they started these conversations we found out after the draft from Kyle Shanahan in January, where they settled in, they zeroed in, they locked in on Trey Lance, and then it was just a matter of getting up so they wouldn't have any doubt that he'd be their guy, and that's getting all the way up to three and giving up two number ones. Giving up two number ones plus a switch, Jim, is more than, let's go through it, the Bears gave up for Khalil Mack more than the Rams gave up for Jalen Ramsey, more than the Texans gave up for Laramie Tunzel, more than the Cardinals gave up for Dr. Hopkins. They gave up all that for a quarterback. And to say they'd sort of get there and figure it out, no, come on. I mean, please, this is not fantasy football. They did this, and Shanahan's talked about it since. And I don't disbelieve them. Of course I believe them. So, yes, they went up to get this guy – Listen, he's the future. And, you know, my point about playing right away, you know, they can talk about Garoppolo weeks playing all year, playing half the year. You know, my prediction, Trey Lance is in there by Halloween at the latest. You know, this guy is going to get in there as soon as he's ready. And I think that's a problem for these teams with the placeholders. You know, Andy Dalton, first time he throws an interception, the calls for Jordan Love. I'm sorry, the calls for Justin Fields. And the other one, Cam Newton, first time he throws a ball away, the calls for Mac Jones. I just think these guys are going to play. And back to our whole conversation, Jordan Love will play. My sense is next year, but... We're going to find out. Hey, listen, I think I think these are great points, and I believe with you. Believe you, but just lastly, then the Niners. Like, I, I think Trey Lance is electric. I can't wait to see this guy in the next level, despite all the questions about his lack of experience and how much football level. My question is this, though: Who the first two picks were going to be? Why did we need a smoke screen? Why did it even matter? I don't get that. It's a question for them. I don't know if they were. They seem to revel in just listening to sh- the Lynch and Shanahan. And people sort of thinking Mac Jones, if you listen to those interviews after the draft, they, they kind of got a kick out of it. Right. And they weren't even telling they weren't even telling people around them. Like their own coaching staff, I believe. Or their own personnel staff. So I don't know. Maybe it's their version of entertainment. Yeah, right? Yeah, I I get that. So, Andrew, what are you doing in fitness now? I know what you're doing. You are lecturing and you're doing extremely well in the media. What are you doing with fitness? Well, first on lecturing, I run a program at Villanova, Sports Law, Sports Business, and um, you know I do teaching, I do symposia, I do lectures, events, 
things like that. And then, you know, my stuff with media and the podcast and my newsletter and the columns at Sports Illustrated and the TV appearances. Uh, but I am a fitness nerd, and uh, I've been doing triathlons for several years. Um, I got into ultra running, sort of long-distance running in the mountains. And uh, I'm going to be doing an event this summer called Eversting, where I, I hike the equivalent of Everest, but in Utah. So I go up and down as many times as I can get to 30,000 feet. Uh, I have 30 hours to do that late this summer. So I'm always up, up, up for physical challenges. I think it's just sort of the life is short mentality that I have. That's awesome. That is awesome. Listen, how, how we got as far down the road as we did without having this conversation, I have no idea, but I'm so glad. <laughs> I that don't we, know. I am so happy that you and I reconnected. And given your schedule and your demand, Andrew, I really appreciate the time that you spent with me and our listeners for the podcast. Thank you so much for that. That was awesome. I really enjoyed it, Jim. It's been too long, and I've always uh, been a big admirer, so good to be with you. Same with you. I would say the exact same about you, and you are now a media maven in addition to everything else, Andrew. Best of luck. Best of, of everything. Thanks so much. Same to you. Stay safe, Jim. Massive thanks to Andrew Brandt for the time and the conversation. That was great. That was really interesting and incredibly insightful. And you heard him say it. The plan is to trade Aaron Rodgers so the Packers can have 45 years of franchise quarterback play. He knows the plan. He's seen this thing play out before. Like I said, fascinating stuff. Once again, thanks to Andrew Brandt. That was a blast. And thank you for listening and subscribing and reviewing and sharing. You know, I appreciate all those things. Back next week with episode 174. But until then, here are your voicemails. First new message. Hand smack. This is Anne-Marie in C-Town. I'm at the Kentucky Derby. And I know it's Saturday. It's a little early. But I've got some beef. And my beef is with you and Edzo and Big Head for all the money I just lost betting on that five horse that they convinced me was a sure thing. Son of a bitch. Try again next year. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. Bella B in Calgary. I love the conversation with you and Gary V. The part where he asks, can you curse on this podcast? And you say, hell yeah. And he goes, fuck, fuckity, fuck. Like the whole conversation. Also, I want to know how I can get in to be part of the Jets' ownership, too. Message saved. Next message. What's up, man? It's Max Brady in Rochester. Those interviews last week were above very good. I especially liked Josh Norman talking about going to Europe and Brandon Copeland making our Penn Quaker family proud. But hey, tell Jan I say happy Mother's Day. Message saved. Next message. Rome, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. I'm calling in about that whole thing with Silk, you know, how he's in charge of the mobile homes there in Huntington Beach. Absolutely hilarious segment. It reminded me back in the day when you compared somebody setting up an in-home dentistry office to Quiznos. I love the line of, if you don't hit the moon, you'll land at a mobile home. It was hilarious, man. Great segment, especially on a nationally syndicated sports talk show. where We've been beaten into the ground with Aaron Rodgers takes for weeks. Brooklyn Nets takes for weeks. It was great to hear something different like that. And uh, thanks again, Romy. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. It's John in New York, Jim. I just want to tell you I love you, Jim, but I don't want to have S with you. But, Jim, I would like to C with you, Jim. And the C is cuddle. Will you cuddle with me, Jim? 
Message deleted. Next message. Remy, it's Mark from Virginia Beach. First time caller. You're not going to hear my fucking name again, probably. But what is up with Julius Randle waking up and being like, let's make the Knicks relevant for once in fucking 40 years. How the hell does that even happen? The Knicks are actually a good team holding the playoff seed right now. It's incredible. War, I'll be back on Thursday mornings posting the fucking soundboard and war the Knicks. Later, Remy. Message saved. You have no more messages.